Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honoured if you would join us. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your Star Wars podcast coming at you from a galaxy far, far away. My name's Gary and normally my good buddy Mark, as you all know, would be with me flying the Falcon as always. But this week he's busy, he's got some family shiz to be getting on with. So it's just little old me keeping the fort uh, going, keeping the fort down. So yeah, it feels a bit weird. Normally, I'd like I said, it's normally Han and Chewie off in the Falcon doing some some podcasting somewhere in the galaxy, but I feel like I feel like Luke, like Luke in his little X-wing, off the Dagobah, on his Todd. Now I realise that he he's normally got R2 with him, and on that occasion R2 is with him, but he's a droid, and you know, he's not he's not organic company as much. You know, I'm not not throwing any shade towards old R2. I'm sure he's great company, but you know, it's not it's not a proper sort of co-pilot, co-pilot in lieu of Mark. I think that's what I'm trying to say. You know, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not as good looking as Mark. I think is what I'm trying to say. So whatever you're up to, Mark, having a good day, buddy. And uh, I'll hopefully be back next week. So as it's me, I'm going to run through some news, some stuff that's landed from the Star Wars Galaxy over the last week, slightly longer. I'm going to rattle through that. It's not going to be a long show this week. I'm going to rattle through that. And then we're going to finish up with some gaming news that's going to lead on to a little bit of, not review and discussion, but just my thoughts on what's happening with EA and Star Wars games uh, since they took over the license and a recent statement that they put out explaining their what their plans are for Star Wars games and my thoughts on that. So welcome to episode 62. I hope you're all keeping well and safe. And although... The world seems to have gone mad right now and have told you that you can go off and do anything you like. I do hope you're still keeping those social distances, those measures in place, because, you know, we don't want another we don't want another wave of all that stuff. So I hope all of you guys are keeping safe and and well. Uh, before we crack on with the, the news, let's get through the usuals. Remember to subscribe to the show. You can do that on any podcast app that you get your podcasts on or head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. Our awesome hosts, CaptivateFM.fm, they knock up a really cool page for us. It's got links to everything you need to go off and subscribe to the show. And if you've got a minute to leave a review or a rating on whatever app that is, that'd be awesome because that really helps us out loads and loads. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just do a search for us there and uh, connect with us there. We connect um, to loads of different fans throughout the community. We've got a great... Uh, a great community of, of listeners and other Star Wars fans, and it's great to chat Star Wars throughout the week in between shows. And if you want to support the show, if you like what we do here, then head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can jump onto 
various tiers there. Get yourself some SOR swag and there are various benefits and so on. You know how Patreon works. You know the deal. So we'd love your support. So head over there if you want to do that. Right, yeah, let's crack on. So Mark Hamill, the cheeky chap who uh, we thought we weren't going to hear any more news from him. We reported a few weeks ago now that he had completely signed off, you know, signed out from Star Wars. He'd put a, a handwritten note in some of the, I think it was a something in the US. I think it was a Best Buy or a Walmart or so something like that exclusive. And then somebody put it online and it did the rounds. It was a handwritten note to say that his involvement in Star Wars is done, no more, and that Luke Skywalker, from his point of view, was all done and dusted. So I didn't expect to be covering any Mark Hamill news, but the news broke in those of you that have been watching the gallery on Disney+, Plus, which is that really cool behind-the-scenes program about the Mandalorian. They They spoke about people who were doing additional voices and characters and so on and they dropped the bombshell that mark hamill has had cameos in not just the mandalorian but most of the star wars films uncredited which is pretty crazy so they spoke about the droid so in the i think it's the the last yeah the last episode of the gallery they spoke about that scene i think it's in episode four or five something like that where the Mandalorian character goes back to the cantina on on Tatooine and there's a droid that's working behind the bar. He's on bar duty. And, um, and uh, apparently that's Mark Hamill who did the voice for that droid, but uncredited. So I think everyone would lose their, would lose their beep if they saw in the credits that Mark Hamill did the voice. You know, that's just how, that's just how Star Wars fandom works. But it's very, very cool. And then Mark Hamill said, he went out on Twitter. He's great on Twitter, Mark Hamill. He went out and said, now that the Mandalorian secret is out, might as well reveal that I am vocally represented in all Star Wars films except the prequels. So thanks to Matt Wood for using me in Rogue One, Solo, and the sequels. And he does have lines in episode eight. So uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's pretty crazy that this has just come out of nowhere. It's hard to believe that this wasn't, leaked or mentioned anywhere before they've done maybe it is maybe in some star wars circles or fandom whatever people this is like old news to some star wars fans but to me and i'm sure a lot of other people the fact that mark hamill's appeared in some shape or form in all of these other things is just pretty crazy and he was getting some um he was getting some jokes on on twitter later on there was one dude that said he just tweeted him and said ewok adventure and caravan of courage question mark and uh uh, and Mark Hamill just went, no, just, uh, you know, there's no bants going on. He just wants to shut that down. So the only things that he's been in are uh, all of the films, except the prequels, and then Rogue One, Solo, and the sequels. He's had various cameos, whether they've been they've been voice roles or he's been in a costume or something. But, but yeah, old Mark Hamill still, you know, deeply embedded within Star Wars, still out there getting his name out, even though we thought we had, we had clocked off from him and, and everything to do with Star Wars. That's very cool. Mark Hamill doing the business. Last week and a week before, we've spoken about some casting news around The Mandalorian. And one of the things that's got quite a bit of attention over the last month, I would say, is the Ahsoka Tano character that is going to appear 
in the Mandalorian season two. We know that Rosario Dawson has been cast for that, and that's going to be a that's confirmed and definitely a thing, which is all good. And then last week we then reported that somewhere, I think it was LRM or Fandom Wire, they said that a, a, a number of characters were either going to appear in the Mandalorian or potentially even better, they were going to be having their own show on Disney Plus. So there was some early development work supposedly around those characters. And now the next one, so we spoke about Thrawn potentially appearing in his own show or in something else. And then Ezra from Star Wars Rebels, which I know Mark loves. Mark loves the whole idea and concept of somewhere out there, which we don't know about some undisclosed location, whatever that Thrawn and Ezra are out there still arguing, doing their thing or trying to find what, find out what's going on, whatever. But yeah, that's a really cool concept. But now we we're hearing reports that Ahsoka herself is getting her own show which is in early development, again, on Disney Plus as a TV show. So this kind of links into what we spoke about last week. So as well as talking about Thrawn and Ezra, there was also a story where, and I think that was the one from LRM, that the kind of master plan that Disney Plus have at the moment is to do this big kind of interconnected, intertwined weaving of stories throughout these upcoming Disney Plus shows. So instead of treating them as isolated things, they really want to get that almost like an MCU thing, I suppose, to a degree where characters will pop up in other shows. There'll be storylines that have got slight overlap and that kind of thing. So this kind of it does buy into that theory because, uh, as I mentioned, Ahsoka, she is going to be in uh, The Mandalorian Season 2. And then when you factor in those other characters and then this other rumor like i said it's it's a rumor it's not a, a thing yet it's come from fandom wire that she could be getting her own show that kind of lends a bit of credibility to that earlier story the earlier rumor and then we have the whole thing about captain rex and all that you know, you know all of these characters that are in some shape or form related in in, in the in the larger narrative this does lend weight to that so I'm not going to talk any more about this because it's not confirmed or anything, but it does have it it does have an an air of okay, okay. This is kind of what they're doing. This is great because Ahsoka is such a popular character, and she has been since she appeared very like years ago in the Clone Wars. She's been such a popular character. And then she's popped up again in, in Star Wars Rebels. And stuff. So she's and she's a fan favorite. So it makes sense for Disney to be like, okay, we're going to shift up because initially the plan was okay. We're going to shift away from the big kind of tentpole characters, the big popular ones. Let's focus on something else and another character, uh, which they did with the Mandalorian, obviously. So and then Thrawn was thrown in there. Obviously, not a mainstream character that you've seen in the films or anything, but alongside those characters let's now start to introduce these fan favorites these popular characters so that we can progress them and you know and get this big interconnected story going so this is very cool we'll we'll obviously report on this if we get more confirmed stuff from disney or lucasfilm but at the moment in early development ahsoka tano possibly appearing in her own show on disney plus uh moving on we have the as we know due to covid-19 and all of the the huge restrictions that we've seen 
globally for conventions and fan meetups, all of those being either cancelled or postponed for obvious reasons. The guys over at uh, Rancho Obi-Wan are taking a, a similar stance on that and they've opened up the virtual museum to everyone who, because they've closed down the museum, you can't physically go there at the moment. They've opened up, in a very good move, um, I just want to add, they've opened up the virtual museum where you can pay a monthly subscription and you can get a various sort of levels of content each month. Now, those of you that don't know, Rocho, Rocho? Rocho, Rocho Obi-Wan, Rancho Obi-Wan is a Star Wars museum out in the US, which is owned and run by a guy called Steve, uh, Steve Sansweet. And Steve is a guy that's been involved with Star Wars and Lucasfilm for donkey's years now. I won't go into too much of the history there. Just Google Steve Sansweet. You'll, you'll, you'll find out. He used to work for Lucasfilm years ago and, um, he's, you know, deeply embedded in that, in the universe, but he's more, more widely known for having the largest Star Wars collection of collectibles and memorabilia and stuff in the world. I think, I think he still holds the Guinness Book of Records for the largest collection of Star Wars stuff, which is very, very cool. And as part of that, he does tours of, the, of that museum. So you can nip over to Rancho Obi-Wan and uh, a lot of the time it's Steve himself doing tours, which is great, but he's also got a team of people that, that do that as well. So on the basis that you, we can't do that anymore, he's closed museum. He's now done or set up this thing called the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. And like I said, you can sign up to various tiers starting from there's a free there's a free um, tier, the entry level one, which is called Force Sensitive. And that just gives you um, like photos essentially of stuff around the museum. And then it goes up and up and up. So the next one up is Padawan, which is five bucks a month. And then Nightmaster Council all the way up to Insider, which is a hundred bucks a month. Like I said, they give you various different levels of content. Um, so for the four sensitive one, you like I said, you, you get like the odd photo snap and stuff. Uh, when you go up to Padawan, which is five bucks a month, you get the the tier called Inspired by the Force, and that gives you um, that gives you the the, the Padawan level uh, stuff, which is essentially. Um, what's the best way to describe it is essentially like a showcase i suppose you get like an online gallery of all of the cool stuff throughout the museum so i think there's like over fifty thousand at least uh different um different pieces there then you go up to scout in the galaxy which is the um which is uh, a column which is uh written by steve himself and that's all about um uh, it's essentially like a, a big Q&A. It's like everyone asks questions about the museum, collecting, all that stuff. Then you go up to the Rancho Obi-Wan Experience, which is a, a video tour. Um, then you go to the next one, which is called Happenings, which is videos out and about. So that's going to conventions, meetups, and the gala that they hold at the experience. Uh, behind the scenes, and then the next one is Conversations with Steve. So this is like a real deep dive uh, interview-style content where he just, you know, goes on about all the history and all of the collection, all that stuff. Uh, and there'll be new bits that are posted out monthly, depending on what, um, on what tier you're on. 
And there's a bunch more stuff as well. I won't go into too much detail. I'll put a link in the show notes to it. There's loyalty goodies uh, that you can rack up each month and you get like cool stuff. Uh, and there's also, um, they're working on this online, this really cool online system of tracking collectibles. So it's like this massive database of, of all of the stuff there. And when that goes live, you'll get access to certain levels of that. So you can really deep dive into literally everything that they have there. And they'll update that as they get future stuff and so on. So that's really cool. Just wanted to report on that. If you are a fan, I've been a huge fan of of Rancho Obi-Wan. And it's one of those things that's on the bucket list for me to go and do at some point. So especially once COVID-19 is done and the world's opened up a bit more and we can go and do that stuff, it's it's absolutely something I'm, I, want, I want to go and do, which is cool. In the meantime, though, I might jump onto one of these tiers and, and, and have a, a, a nose around and see what's going on. But if you've been a fan and you've wanted to check out this stuff for a while, now is the time to do that. And next, the next bit of news is this is always funny. Um, Mark and I have covered a couple of these stories before. Those of you that are collectors of Star Wars stuff, especially the really old original 70s line of Kenner toys, will definitely know this particular piece we've spoken about it before it pops up on these uh, on auction every now and then i'd say probably once a year maybe once every couple of years you'll see one of these pop up and it's pretty crazy so of course i'm talking about the rocket firing boba fett prototype toy which was least uh, which was in sort of early production just from a uh, sort of early prototype point of view i think there was i can't remember how many were made in total but they produced around oh i don't know i, I can't even remember the number it's a very small number and it's it's absolutely a prototype because it's um it's it hasn't got the final paint job and stuff it's just in this kind of blue uh all blue color it was literally just you know as the name suggests it was just to test out how it would look and how it would work and so on uh, but these figures were canned because on the back there was a little plastic rocket and a little spring mechanism that fired that out. And uh, because of that, they thought it was a bit of a choke hazard for young kids. So they they canned the idea. But obviously, there's still all these, you know, these prototype toys knocking around. So they're known as um, those of those people that collect these original toys that, and they go for quite silly money a lot of the time. These ones are often referred to as grail pieces. It's like the holy grail of Star Wars figures. Anyways, this one is now up for auction and this one is crazy i think this is the highest price we've seen actually so far this is crazy money so this one is going for two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. yeah you heard that right two hundred and twenty-five thousand bucks now i know mark's up for this i know mark's considering this already He's won a couple of golf tournaments over the years, I think. Got a few quid in the bank. I think he's looking to uh, to maybe consider this. So yeah, nearly quarter of a million bucks for a, for an action figure. But if you're if you're serious about this, then this is the uh, and this will. Those of you that heard that, you'll be like, no way, that's going to sell. But let me just tell you, this will absolutely sell, absolutely. So. I'm not sure who's going to, obviously it's going to be a very serious collector. So I think just over a year ago, 
there was one very similar to this that sold for nearly $115,000, which was a record at the time. And then another one went on sale literally about a month later, and that sold for 185000 So the value of these is going up and up and up, which is crazy. So if you're serious about this, and I know it's a lot of money, but there's a, you know, uh, we've got some affluent listeners, no less, uh, that would like to, to jump on this. But you can see the trend. You can see what's going here. We've got the first one, because before that, a year ago, I hadn't seen one for a while. So a year ago, uh, $112,000. A couple of months later, $185,000. Here we are a year later, we're up to $225,000. So you can see what's happening. There's, a, there's an upward trend here. So if you want to mortgage your house and uh, or sell off the Ferrari, whatever, now is the time to do it because I guarantee in a year's time, we're going to be looking at over $300,000 and it's going to be silly. So there we go. The L-slot Boba Fett rocket firing prototype. Stupid money. And the last bit of news, moving on. We spoke months ago now. I think it was back in April, I think. We said that the very cool racing video game, Star Wars Episode One Racer, was coming to PS4 and Switch, but it was delayed at the last minute, I think. I think, it was, yeah, it was meant to come out in May, and everybody was hyped for it because, rightly so, it's a very, very cool racing game. Uh, but they pulled it last minute. We have no idea why. But it got pushed back. and We didn't even know when it was going to come out again, but... Just out of the blue, actually we heard rumblings about this a month or so ago, but nothing substantiated. But out of the blue, it's now dropped, and I've only got the US price, which is 15 bucks for both PS4 and Nintendo Switch. So that's very, very cool. And there's been some early reports and some reviews pop up already for this, and it's it runs pretty well on Switch. I mean, on PS4, there's not going to be any... Um, any performance issues. I don't think anyway, I've not delved into it too much, but that PS4, I believe is all good on the switch. Those ones, they normally, um, they, they normally dip down a little bit, especially in the handheld mode. I think they drop down to 720 and all that stuff, but, um, apparently it runs, uh, widescreen, a native resolution on switch, uh, a generally steady 60 frames per second in handheld mode, which is pretty good. So obviously when you dock it and you've got a bit more power there, uh, you'll be all good. The only complaint that I've seen from people is the the uh, the UI, the, the, the HUD graphics are looking a bit choppy, a bit pixelated for some reason. And also the the audio is a bit choppy as well in some places. So I imagine that's stuff that can be sorted out in a future patch or whatnot. But for the main... This is very, very cool. Very, very cool news that that's now landed. So you can uh, jump over to the PlayStation Store or the Switch Store. I don't own a Switch. Mark does, so he'd be the best person to talk about this bit. But I believe there is a Nintendo Switch Store, right? Where you can go and download digital games and purchase stuff. So I'd imagine you'd head over there and you'll be able to get that. Now, that's going to do for news. I just want to move on to a subject about, well, it's more gaming news, I suppose, but I want to give you my thoughts on this. And recently EA said that it's going to double down on Star Wars games going forward. And uh, in, a, in a recent, they're calling it a fireside chat, uh, which is essentially, um, it was a webinar basically from EA execs 
and they were speaking about their plans moving forward for not just Star Wars, but uh, for gaming in general. But they obviously spoke about Star Wars. And the the headline that's come out of this is that the EA execs have said that they're going to double down on Star Wars titles after the huge success of Star Wars Battlefronts 1 and 2, Galaxy of Heroes, and the more recent Jedi Fallen Order. And they go on to say that we have a tremendous relationship with Disney. We have a tremendous relationship with Lucas. We have a long-standing relationship with them going all the way back to Star Wars The Old Republic that we launched back in 2011. And they go on to say that uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, so Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2, they're saying have been top performers since EA partnered with, with Disney on Star Wars. Those games combined have sold around 35 million copies. Add to that the mobile game, Galaxy of Heroes, that apparently that's enjoyed extraordinary success, quote-unquote, and it continues to perform well. And then Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has sold 10 million copies to stand out as another big success. And then they lead on and talk about the upcoming Star Wars Squadrons, which is a essentially a, a, a space sim dogfighting game. Go and listen to last week's show. We, we spoke in depth about, about that stuff. And they then go on to say, we've had success in first-person shooters, RPGs, action-adventure, and um, MM Porgs in mobile as well. And I believe we're going to have success with Squadrons as well. We're going to double down on that partnership. Disney continues to be very, very committed to the IP and to the canon. And then someone else says, we've got the combination of great IP, great development expertise and experience and success from us across genres, across platforms and across business models. And we've got new generations uh, coming to the IP all the time. So our expectation is we think there continues to be a really, really strong opportunity in and around that relationship and that IP going forward so that all sounds great that all sounds very very great but i'm not buying it star wars fans i'm not i'm I'm not really buying into this too much because it's very very easy it's very (laughs) actually before i go into that let me just say that this is great news that they're gonna they're going to be pushing out more star wars games in the future that's great Anyone would be silly to start complaining about that because, which I'll come on to in a second, one of the things that people have complained about since EA signs that um, exclusivity deal with Disney and Lucasfilm back whenever it was, years ago now, one of the main complaints is that there hasn't been enough good Star Wars games. So the fact that they said, okay, we went through the whole Battlefront 1 and 2 thing, that eventually turned out to be great and then galaxy of heroes which i personally don't have any experience with it's a mobile game and then jedi fallen order we know did very well and was reviewed very well so now they're saying okay now that we've got all that stuff in the bag and everyone's happy now we're going to double down and start pushing out more star wars content but frankly for me it does feel like it's just what 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 have we done over the past 10 years i mean I'll have to look this up quickly as I'm talking, but um, EA signed this contract years ago um, uh, to start making Star Wars games exclusively. So no other publishers were allowed to look in, obviously. Um, So 
yeah, I, what's happened like in the, right, so 2013, I've just looked it up now. So in 2013, EA and Disney signed a deal uh, that will give them exclusive rights to make Star Wars games, blah, blah, blah. So seven years ago, that deal was signed. In that seven years, we've had four games in seven years. Now, those of you that have got experience or know about the games development industry, you might think, well, that's not bad going because games take years to make. But you have to consider that it's not a particular, it's not one game development studio that have got an exclusive contract. It's just EA, who is the publisher. They have got the power and the money to either set up or purchase dedicated game studios to make more Star Wars games, which is kind of what's happened so, like thus far, right? So we had DICE that went on to make... Uh, that made Battlefront 2 then went on to make Battlefront 2 along with I think it was Motive and someone else we've had a separate studio working on the mobile game which is uh, Galaxy of Heroes and then we had Respawn who they already had a good relationship because of Apex Legends and so on we had Respawn working on Jedi Fallen Order so they're already doing that but it just felt like it feels to me anyway like EA have just really dug their heels in and been quite stubborn with a lot of things and that has resulted in nearly, well, yeah, it will be nearly eight years now. Um, and we've had one okay game in Star Wars Battlefront 1. Actually, no, it's a lie. I'm a big fan of the of Battlefront 1. That's a very, very cool game. And to me, I in some respects, I actually prefer it to Battlefront 2. Not so much in terms of volume of content and all that stuff, because I feel like they... In the end, they really d- delivered on on the content stuff for Battlefront 2. Once we got to... I know that they've stopped doing updates now, but even up to a couple of months ago, they were continually pushing out fresh content, you know, a couple of years after the game released. So in terms of content and just the amount of stuff you can do, of course, Battlefront 2 all the way, and the gameplay is pretty solid now, bar a few glitches. Um, but Battlefront 1, to me, felt more Star Wars just in the opening screens, the the use of music, the menus, all of that stuff. For me, it just felt more Star Wars. But that's just my opinion. And then Battlefront 2 had an atrocious start. As we all know, I'm not going to dive into that. I'm not going to rake up all griefs. We had an atrocious start with that. But that, like I said, that came good in the end. Galaxy of Heroes, like I said, I can't comment because I, I haven't played it. I've, I've seen some, a couple of years ago, I saw some... Uh, some gameplay of it and they they pushed it quite hard out on on video uh, various streaming channels at one point there was one point where for the space of a couple of weeks every time i was on youtube i saw adverts for galaxy of heroes and and all that stuff so i've seen some odd bits and pieces it looks okay and then jedi fallen order now for me i feel like that was the tipping point for ea because i'm pretty sure and if anyone listening can correct me on this, please do. So I'm just I'm going to take a a rifle through my very bad memory. But I'm pretty sure that the reason why everything was mostly multiplayer up to that point is because somebody or a group of people, the execs at EA, had said that there just wasn't a future in single-player games, especially Star Wars games. Or words to that effect. They had said something along the lines of, 
we don't see a future for single player games. And, and I think this all stemmed from there was another Star Wars game that was in production at another studio. And I forget the lady's name. Um, I think it was the lady that had wrote the Uncharted stuff. I think she was heading up a Star Wars studio. And she, um, I think that, well, I'm pretty sure that they were about a third of the way or halfway through this game. Uh, Amy Hennig, that's the one. So Amy Hennig, she was um, working on this thing called Project Ragtag, which we know now was a Star Wars game. Uh, and it was part of Visceral Studios that she was heading up. And I, for one, was really pumped for that because if you can imagine the the quality story writing and character writing that Amy had brought to the Uncharted series, if you can imagine that translated into Star Wars and how epic that whole thing would have been, it sounds awesome. But EA had said, uh, you know, the single player thing's just not going to work. I think they were a bit sort of, had a bit of tunnel vision, it sounded like. I think they were caught up in the whole you know, the whole world just plays Fortnite. Um, they they play Fortnite and Apex and these, you know, big battle royale games. Everything's online, everything's multiplayer. If we do that, there's more chance of making more money because we can do season passes and loot boxes and all that jazz. So they said people aren't interested in single player games and from making dollars, it doesn't really suit us either. So when this came out, obviously a lot of Star Wars fans were like, eh, don't be too hasty. We haven't had a decent Star Wars single player narrative game for ages. So I think they got badgered and badgered in the end. They're like, all right, all right. So Respawn works on Jedi Fallen Order. Huge success, really popular, sold well, reviewed really well. Then EA were like, oh, okay. So when you guys told us that you wanted a single player game, oh, you weren't lying, were you? You actually did want one. was like, yeah, of course we did. We've been telling you that for years. So I feel like this fireside chat, this webinar thing where you've got the EA execs, in my mind, I've just got them all sort of sat around a table, social distance, of course, uh, with a sort of little glass of scotch and a cigar. And they're like, yeah, everything's been bloody brilliant for the past seven years. You know, everything's been wonderful and dandy and, you know, everything's great. But I just don't buy that, I'm afraid. And I've said this for a couple of years now. I think when we were about five years into the contract between those guys and Disney, I thought, this is just not working. We're just not seeing. Because if you think back to the old days, the old, like, LucasArts days and those, the, the, an earlier time, they were pushing out so many more great Star Wars games back in the day. I know it makes me sound incredibly old and I do apologize for that, but back, I'm being serious back in the day. <laughs> if we think back to like from the late eighties onwards up until the early two thousands, they, we just had so many great star Wars games. And I feel like that opportunity has been wasted with this contract with EA. And I've been saying, I think about five years in when I've got in conversation with this about, about games of star Wars fans, I've been like Disney need to, just can off this contract, this exclusivity contract with EA or wait for it to expire and not renew it. Let's just open the door to some other people. Cause I feel like there's, there's, I imagine there's probably loads of other publishers and studios who are chomping at the bit, who have got so many great ideas for star Wars games. 
that will never see the light of day because EAs just sat there like twiddling their thumbs. Like, no, you, you, you're, you're telling me that you want a single player game, but I'm telling you that you don't. <laughs> you know, it's like we've had millions of people say, when's the next single player narrative driven Star Wars game coming? And our reply is, you don't want that. It's like, no, no, let me just remind you, I'm talking English, you know, or whatever. We do want that. We absolutely do want that. And EA is like, no, you don't. You think you want it, but you don't. It's like, no, 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 we do. We, we really, really do want that. And EA are like, Mm-mm. I think he needs to just go and have a lie down, have a cup of coffee and come back. It's like, no, we've done that already. We want a single player game. EA are like, nope, no, no, no. You don't want that. And then when they finally listen, like I said, then they're like, oh, you did want that. Yeah, you did. So I, I feel like I'm still of the opinion that the EA exclusivity with 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 Disney is a is a bad move. I could be wrong if when they say that they're going to double down. So within the next three to four years, maybe five years, if Mark and I are still doing this podcast, and then we're talking about all these great Star Wars games, you know, that we've played over the last four or five years on next gen consoles or whatever, then. I'll eat my words and I'll be extremely happy with that. But it just feels like we've missed out on potentially great Star Wars games that could have been made by other studios and other publishers over the last however many years. So I'm disappointed with that. And what and I think what I think what makes it worse for me is that when EA make these statements, whether they're doing the uh, I think the stakeholder meetings and shareholder meetings and they're giving updates and stuff and this fireside chat thing, they never come across like, yeah, we recognize that we've made a couple of boo-boos and we recognize that, you know, we perhaps should have listened to fans a bit earlier and, and all that stuff. They never, they never come across and say anything like that. They just say how amazing everything's been and how brilliant it's all been and, and all that stuff. So that's what, that's what doesn't give me much confidence that that they're going to crack on and actually give us some some games that we actually want to want to see now like i said i could be wrong i could eat my words on this cuz so far in the last cup in the last year or so we've had jedi fallen order which has been great and now star wars squadrons for the most part looks great i still need to get my head into this a bit more i think mark and i are on the same opinion that it, there's just something about it that just feels very short term. Now that might be okay. That might be, if that turns out to be another Jedi Fallen Order, um, which I probably won't replay again for a little while. I've already re- replayed, I've played the storyline, obviously, and completed the storyline. And then I went through and did most of the, like 100% of most of the levels and stuff. But I just feel like I'm done with that now. I probably won't replay that for a while. If this turns out to be the same thing, then that's fine. That's great. It's just another, as long as it's good, as long as the gameplay is solid and it's a great story, then that's all we want. So I'm interested to see what 2021 is going to hold for Star Wars games from EA. Obviously, we're going to be on next-gen stuff by them, as well as PC gaming, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see what the announcements are for that. So based on their comments about they're going to double down, I fully expect at next year's E3, if that goes ahead, or whatever the EA event that they do around the same time, I fully expect them to say, we have got this game in development at this studio and it's going to be an epic Star Wars game. 
we've got this other Star Wars game at this studio and it's going to be epic. And we've got this other thing, Star Wars as well. I fully expect them to start giving updates if they're going to double down like they say they are. So there's my two cents on the whole EA Star Wars thing. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. Just tweet us, uh, search for us on the socials, head over to the Facebook page, whatever you want. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well because I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool subject. And um, yeah, I think I just need a bit more convincing that EA are going to, are going to, uh, are going to uh, do the business for Star Wars. And I think we're going to do it there for episode 62. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to another week. Any newbies, any recent Star Wars fans that have jumped on, welcome to the show. Anyone that's been with us for ages, welcome back. It's great to have you all as always. Um, remember to check us out on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on. We'd love to have you as a subscriber or head over to the website, sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen there are links to go off to the various networks and apps there and if you have a minute to leave a rating and a review that would be awesome because that really helps us out loads we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook just do a search for us over there we chat star wars throughout the week so we'd love to have you over there and like i said i'd love to hear your thoughts on this whole ea uh, and star wars um, deal that's still going that apparently we're going to be seeing more star wars content in the future so i'd love to hear your thoughts on that if you like what we do here on Spark of Rebellion, we'd love to have you as a supporter over on Patreon too. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. There are various tiers there. You can jump up uh, from a dollar almost, jump up to whatever tier and get some other stuff there. You can get producer credits. You can jump on and tell us what you'd like us to do for review and discussion and random spotlight stuff. Uh, you can get some swag. All of that's over there. So patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. Uh, we will be back next week for episode 63. Hopefully we'll both be in the Falcon that time and we can fill you in and let you know on everything that's going on in the world of Star Wars. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay safe, stay healthy, and may the Force be with you always. Always.